is the Apparelist Podcast, designed to bring you real-life conversation about high-level topics relevant to the decorated apparel community. What's up, Apparelist community? I am extremely excited to welcome you to another episode of the Apparelist Podcast. We drop episodes monthly for your listening enjoyment wherever you are, whether that's in the shop, maybe you're on the road attending trade shows, or even you're just looking for some excellent content to listen to after work hours. This month, we are celebrating Black History Month, and I'm really excited to share with you all that Nick Burton, founder of Eternal Designs in Rome, Georgia, is joining us as our guest. Not only is Nick going to discuss his experiences as a minority business owner, but he's also going to talk about his work with Unite Together and how he feels we as an industry can continue to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I got introduced to you through your work with Skills USA, and I just, I love everything that you're doing in the industry. So I'm really excited to chat today. Um, can you just kind of talk to us a little bit about how you got your start in the industry? You know, what's the backstory that drew you into apparel decorating and how did eternal designs become what it is today so yeah uh again thanks for having me um so i kind of got into this industry um i'll I'll say it this way i've been an artist my whole entire life uh i've always worked with my hands since a youth so it was one of those things that i kind of wanted to get back into um I kind of learned how to screen print out of high school. Uh, so that's why skills is such a big deal for me. Uh, it's something that I learned how to do out of high school, but never really pursued it. Uh, couldn't really find a job or a job. There were really no job openings at the time I was looking to get into this industry. So um, had a few jobs here and there. Ended up getting a corporate job. Had that corporate job for about eight years or so. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I got to get back to my roots. I got to start working with my hands. I was just feeling like I was uh, losing my life uh, behind a desk. So decided in 2014 to kind of, well, 2013 to kind of make the jump right there in October. And uh, 2014, I was like, all right, we're going to start this thing. So uh, bought some equipment. Uh, didn't really know what was going on in the industry. I when I Again, I learned how to do this. It was on wooden screens. So uh, most people don't use wooden screens anymore. Some do still. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, I want to get back into this and uh, create something that um, it really could, could stand the test of time over time as a business, but also just uh, what we do art wise. Uh, I always wanted to, I have two different sayings of kind of how Eternal came about. Uh, I wanted to create walking fine art. Again, I'm such an artist. Oh, <laughs> love walking it. fine art. So that was kind of my thing. But also um, the, the word eternal is just something that kind of just lasts forever, right? Uh, we all have our favorite shirt. It has holes in it. It's tattered. We still put that shirt on to go anywhere in it. Uh, so I wanted something. I want to be able to create something for uh, an audience that will be their favorite garment, their favorite shirt, something that will last a lifetime, something that will last eternal. So that's kind of how the name came about. And uh, I've been going strong ever since. Wow. That, I mean, that, that struck a chord and I'm sure it will with many listeners. Cause yep. My favorite shirt has like holes in the sleeves and it's, it, mm-hmm. it's a hoodie. So like the pockets tearing and stuff, but man, I just will not let it go. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all have those garments. We can't let them go. 
Uh, people looking like, why are you still wearing this? It's like, because it's comfortable. And it's like, but it has holes in it. It's like, but these are my holes. Right. Like, these things, right? Like, th- it's something that's really personal to you. So regardless of whether it's a hoodie, sweatshirt, I uh, just wanted to create that thing that I see people in. It's funny. Um, there are things that we print for people all the time. And, uh, you know, we I like to call it, we see them in the wild, right? We see them yeah. outside of people wearing them. And you can tell that they've worn that shirt like a lot. And it makes me feel good every single time because I know that thing is becoming that favorite, that favorite item. So it's really, really good to know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I can really just tell, like listening to you talk about it, like your passion there. And I, I really love that. Um, all right. So kind of, you know, getting into the topic this month, can you talk about your journey as a minority business owner? Um, what has your experience been like? So the experience has been, Honestly, it's been tough. Uh, okay. It's been tough because uh, when it comes to the apparel industry in particular, you don't see a lot of people that look like me, sound like me, uh, that have maybe a shop. They may have a shop maybe similar in size, but no, really no bigger than that. Uh, or if you do, uh, they're really, really behind the scenes. You just don't see them. They're, they're kind of like uh, mysterious. They don't really come out that much. Um, but it's been very challenging, uh, at least initially, because it's kind of hard to have people take you serious. Um, a lot of people are like, Hey, I think you're just doing a side hustle. kind of gig. And it's like, no, I, I really want to turn this into a thing. I really want this to be something that, um, stands, you know, the test of time. Uh, so really trying to grab clients was a little challenging initially, um, early on because they didn't really take me seriously. Uh, we had to do a lot of different things to just say, Hey, we really do care about the quality we do care about the relationship and, and as far as the customer service. And um, we're really dedicated to making, you know, the garment really work for you and your needs. So it was trying to really convey that story uh, through people, just more conversation, um, through certain branding, uh, just to say, hey, we really do care. And once people kind of start taking a chance on us and that word starts spreading, it really didn't matter as much. Uh, but initially there was some kind of barrier to entry there. Um, just because a lot of people were like, Hey, we've never seen a person that looked like you that owns a screen printing shop. So that was one of those things that we kind of faced uh, early on for sure. Yeah. And, and, and talking a little bit more about that, um, you, you've made some progress that you talked about is like, yeah, it's like we, we put like, it, it's in the name eternal designs. Like you put the passion into it. You put the care into it. You put the love into it. Do you feel that the industry has grown and improved when it comes to the diversity, the equity, inclusion, and and especially engaging with the Black community? I think it's getting there. Okay. We are some years off. Uh, This is going to be a slow and steady uh, process, and we'll we'll take whatever we can. I, I think sometimes... Some people like to go and say, hey, I need a mile first. I'm like, no, I'll take a couple of feet. Even if that means a couple of feet a year, I'll take it uh, because we are inching closer to something that looks more inclusive. Uh, this year, we both were uh, at Impressions Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will be honest, I don't know if it's maybe because of my awareness, but I felt like there were more people of color walking around. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was really, really good to see just more interest in the, uh, in the industry. But also... I think because there's more interest in a lot of the vendors have seen more people of color walking around. I I think there's still some level of what I would consider being a little standoffish, but there were a lot more people just saying, you know what, I'm going to engage you a little bit more. Uh, So it is moving. It is progressing. 
the biggest thing is that, um, I don't know, I, I wish the industry would look at um, the buying power of the African-American community. Uh, that really matters. If you start looking at those stats as far as in retail, the African-American community buys a lot of things in the retail space. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you think about that, if we start putting those same numbers and applying it to maybe equipment that we need or certain things that we need, we'll have the same exact thing. Uh, the biggest thing, though, is just getting the industry to say, hey, we can start uh, really, truly including these people here because they matter, but they're here. They're not going anywhere. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I could not agree more. I think that um, you going out to like trade shows and seeing those those things happening and experiences is a step in the right direction. Um, you know, again, just creating engagement, creating awareness, like, mm-hmm. like we, we can do this. Um, do you feel like, like in your personal opinion, how do we go about doing that? Like you said, yes, we've got the buying power. How do we continue to push that out into the industry? You know, what, what are some ways that we can change and grow? I mean, I think honestly, it's just, um, there has to be a little bit more self-awareness for how you're marketing to or trying to attract a certain demographic. Um, let's say, for example, we know that there's been a lot of issues in certain industries. Let's say take retail. Let's take H&M, right? There was an issue where they had something that didn't really work for their particular marketing campaign. Well, there should have been someone in that room that said, hey, we probably shouldn't put this out. There should also be someone saying, hey, we can't forget these guys or we can't forget these this demographic of people. Uh, they're on the rise. We need to start thinking about how we attract them to our product and to our service, but also for the people that we're talking to, you know, or that we have maybe in booths and trade shows. Let's, let's, let's try to make sure that, you know, we have some people that are younger uh, that look like them to make these conversations easier. Uh, mm-hmm. like translate a little bit more. Uh, sometimes, you, you know, you might have older older gentlemen and, and women in certain booths that uh, and, and spaces that are like, hey, I don't really know how to even talk to you. Uh, so I think that that's also the thing, too. We got to be able to address the the elephant in the room with a younger demographic of people that are, you know, that speak our language. Right. Um, so if if we have older people there, they're going to they might be a little a little harder to kind of get across to. Uh, there are younger people there to kind of speak that language, but then also just knowing that, hey, they do have something to offer. Let's just start targeting them. Uh, that's the biggest thing, because I know for a fact uh, um, there's one person in particular this year. Uh, he went to go talk to a vendor about some equipment and it kind of blew him off. So he went to the next vendor. The next vendor had some people that were a little younger and they didn't blow him off. So they got to sell. And it's yeah. just, it was just that simple. It's just like, well, I went over here because these guys really seemed to care and they, it didn't really matter what I looked like. They just wanted to do business. And at the end of the day, I'll say this. We as, you know, black people here in America don't necessarily want to get anything extra sometimes. We just want to be treated, treated equally, right? right. It's give us the same opportunity. So if I'm talking to you, it's because I, I want to talk to you and I feel like I have something to offer, but also I feel like I want to buy something. And um, we also are very knowledgeable. So we try to make sure that we go into these situations um, with a, enough knowledge and, and know how to be able to have these conversations. So it's just just don't don't undermine what we can do buying power wise, but also just hey, just have a conversation. Just, just start there. It's the easiest way to approach it for sure. 
excellent advice, I think, um, for, you know, kind of for all of us as a whole. I'm also curious to hear what advice you might have for other minority shop owners. You know, um, maybe they're just now getting into the industry or they've been in the industry, but, you know, previously felt they didn't have a voice or anything like that. What would you say to them and what advice would you give to them? This is a good question. Um, first thing I would say is just do your homework. Yeah. Do your homework. Know your industry. Uh, know your industry inside and out. Know what you're trying to offer product-wise inside and out. And when you show up to say, how, hey, I want to do business, there's really no question that you don't already know the answer to. If anything, uh, you're saying, I'm very knowledgeable about what I need and I'm good there. So from there, you say, I know what I know. I can show up in these spaces and um, I'm going to be taken seriously based on my information for one. Mm-hmm. And for two, the biggest thing I would tell um, people in this space, and I would say it's, it's, it's not even necessarily regarding something in the industry, but it's more of a um, something that our community has to do better at. And it's just, just belief. You just have to believe in yourself. Uh, believe that we can actually make it to where we're trying to go. Uh, and let's just have more belief in the system of things. Sometimes we get in our own way. So I want to say that, hey, we should believe in ourselves, be, believe in our ability, know our information. And it doesn't matter if we have all of those things, we can step into any place and, you know, pretty much dominate and, 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 and come into an industry really strong, really being able to hold our own in these spaces. So that's the biggest thing. Um, those things right there, if we can just solve those particular problems, uh, as a as a community, we'll be fine. Uh, the industry as as a whole won't really block us from anything because there's somebody that will sell you something. So you can, <laughs> you can get anything and everything you need. That's really never the issue. Um, you can you can find it. Even access to capital capital, you can find it. But those are the key things that we want to be able to just say, hey, let's focus on these things, and then everything else to fall in place. Mm-hmm. One of the areas that you've been involved in, and I do think that that the apparel community has has shown some improvement and growth and is in, you know, groups that celebrate diversity, equity, inclusion. And one of those groups is Unite Together, which you're involved in. So can you talk to me about your involvement with Unite Together, you know, brief background on the initiative and why you got engaged with that? Absolutely. So uh, Unite Together kind of spawned out of a podcast that um, Rock US had uh, during the pandemic. Uh, it was kind of right around the time when the, the George Floyd situation happened and along with uh, Brianna Taylor, that situation happened. And we wanted to kind of shed some light on some of the things and challenges that, um, you know, minorities in this space, uh, whether black, Asian, Latino, um, gay or straight, more or less, were kind of facing and, and women as well in this industry. So that's a podcast that we I jumped on along with um, three other people in the industry. And we pretty much kind of talked about it. Kind of from there, this kind of spawned this thing of saying, hey, let's do something about it. Uh, let's kind of create an initiative. And, and it kind of just grew like wildfire, to be honest. Um, so from that point, we started putting things together to try to make this, you know, nonprofit, but also just make it a safe space for people to be able to talk, have conversations, express themselves about what's going on in the industry, things that they would like to see changed in the industry, and just trying to be more or less um, a, a um, I'm losing the word here, but more so kind of like a, a starting point to be able to get the industry to move in a different direction, mm-hmm. while also just trying to improve 
you know, different areas of it. Uh, maybe it's just more information. Maybe it's getting more youth involved, uh, which is kind of our initiative here that we're, we're working on currently, just trying to get more uh, youth involvement into the industry and just trying to get more vendors in the industry to just be, look at their practices inside of their companies to say, hey, what are we doing to really spread that message of inclusion and diversity in our own uh, spaces and how will that actually uh, translate into the industry. And I think if they can start with home first inside of their own companies, it'll easily translate to just more people feel included, embraced, and uh, creating more of a space where we all can just be, be more equal or seen as more equal in the industry for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you, you mentioned several initiatives that you're working on. Um, one of the things you all did that was, I found fun was the 5k that we did at ISS Long Beach. I thought that that was really cool. We even had some random Long Beach community members join the fun. Um, so, you know, and that benefited skills USA again, kind of bringing back to that education that you talked about. Um, are there any other like cool examples, like specific examples you want to share with us of like things that unite together is doing? Yeah, so I mean that's kind of what we're working on now. Uh, we did do another initiative where um, there was a high school in Oregon, um, Primrose High School. Uh, we were able to get uh, they they had a kind of graphics design kind of program, but they didn't have any equipment at all. So we're able to um, get equipment together and actually outfit them with a whole shop essentially uh, to be able to start start this process. Um, uh, I think I, I'll be going there along with Ross, who's also part of this. And we're going to be trying to do some training and some teaching as the artist kind of of this particular yeah. uh, ensemble. Uh, we want to just be able to kind of just tell, you know, talk to the students and, and tell them how art kind of helped us get here. Right. Uh, but that's kind of what we're working on now. It's more so focused on skills, just trying to get more sure. money to get to these uh, kind of events. Cause a lot of these, uh, one thing I found when um, coaching I'm sorry, uh, judging at skills is there was there were way more competitions going on in, in uh, different areas and there was way more students, but there were way fewer students in the screen screen printing portion of it. And even the students that were there didn't really have all the resources. So really just trying to focus on just trying to get more resources in and then, uh, then kind of creating just, just just more movement in that space and then try to see if we can tackle some of the industry stuff, which um, yet to be determined, but that's on the list. Yeah. Hey, every step is a step forward, right? Um, somebody had shared with me this really amazing quote from Maya Angelou about, you know, we, when you know how to do better, you do better. And that, mm -hmm. that sometimes that's just like one step forward and that's one step is still progress. Right. And so I, I love to hear that. Um, it's really fun seeing that in action. And I'm sure there's some people listening that are really interested, maybe want to get involved, maybe want to learn a little bit more. Who should they talk to? So if they want to know a little bit more about Unite Together, um, they can visit the website. So unitetogether.us. Uh, there they'll see some things about our 5K that we did, along with other information uh, regarding Unite Together. Uh, they can sign up to take our pledge if they're saying, hey, we're also committed to doing this in our uh, company and we're also committed to just trying to spread this among the industry uh, they can sign up to actually take our pledge and there's also an, an, a part of the site there where they can uh, donate if they would like uh, we're going to yeah. take donations not just necessarily just at a 5k but anytime they want to donate to this cause uh, again it's going towards a worthy cause of helping students students at skills USA uh, can they can do that on the website as well uh, but that's that will be unite together.us is where they can kind of go and learn more information 
Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, final question for you. Um, for you personally, what is your biggest goal or what do you see as the biggest goal for the apparel decorating community to continue to focus on when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion as we continue to push forward? Uh, the biggest goal for me is just, ooh, this, this, is, a, this is a good one. But I'll, I would say the biggest goal here is just, like you just said, if you know better, you'll do better. Just continue to keep educating, uh, yeah. you know, uh, yourselves and ourselves on kind of some of the things that are happening around us, but also how that affects home, which is their own shops or their own businesses or own companies. And just start trying to have more conversation to continue to keep making things more uh, inclusive, more aware, um, you know, make people more aware of what's going on. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think if that happens internally, it'll start radiating out inside of the industry a lot more you just see more people more kind just more thoughtful just in generally in general more aware and i think we'll also have more conversations as well as well around just what's going on but i think generally speaking even if you don't have more conversations around just diversity and inclusion because we don't necessarily have to always have those conversations let's just have more conversations with each other uh to just talk about different things and just spread that love and awareness um, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that everybody feels like they're part of this industry, regardless of their racial background or, you know, ethnicity or, you know, sexual orientation doesn't really matter. We just want to make sure everybody feels included. And uh, the more conversations we have at home in our own particular respective places, the more to radiate out. That's the goal that I, I hope to see. And it'll just change the industry over time again, step by step. Yeah. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That was like. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Nick, we are running up against time. Um, I know you're a busy guy. You're an artist, you're a screen printer, you're a business owner, so we won't wrap up too much more of it. Um, but Nick, thank you so much for joining us on this month's Apparelous Podcast. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. This is a great conversation to have and uh, looking forward to more conversations like this in the future for sure. Absolutely. I'm Definitely looking forward to more conversations about it in the future. Um, for all of you listening, apparelist.com, we have tons of content. Um, make sure you visit the Unite Together website. We'll include the link to that in our show notes. Um, take the pledge, get involved, have the conversations. Um, and then, of course, don't be afraid to reach out to me with any questions, comments, feedback, anything like that. Thanks for listening. Bye.